On March 1st, my family was blessed with the seventh grandchild, I guess, in a little over three years. So I have five siblings, and four of them have had kids, and so we have seven uh, nieces and four nephews, three nieces, all basically three and under. And it's a great joy. It's exciting. In a few weeks, I'm going to be with all of them for the first time in, uh, in our, uh, for family pictures for my parents' 40th wedding anniversary. Praise God for that. A while ago, I was talking with my mother. It's beautiful, to be honest with you, to watch my brothers and sisters and their spouses become parents and, and live their lives as husbands and wives. It's just, it's just a great gift. But it's also really neat to see my parents as grandparents because when we're kids growing up, we are basically the, the cause of our parents' stress. And to see, to see how they actually have joy in children and grandchildren is a great gift. Uh, maybe I'm just speaking too close to personal encounter there. But to watch my mom, my mom loves itty-bitty babies. The smaller, the better. My dad's more of like four or five years old, let's go wrestle and play sports. Um, but he's still good with them too. But one of the things I was talking with my mom about, I was like, you know, tell me about what, what you love about being a grandmother. And she said, I love, and it still doesn't make sense to me, she said, I love it when I change their diapers. And I was like... Okay, here, here I am, single, celibate man, never married, never have kids. That is like the most, that's the thing I probably try to avoid the most in the world. <laughs> so I'm trying to understand this, like what is it? And my mom, she talks about how in that moment and in that time you can talk with the baby, you can play with the baby. There's just that, that one-on-one connection that is so beautiful, so powerful. And here we think, right, and we look at it from face value, kind of the most disgusting thing that someone could do for another human being has now been lifted up into something beautiful, has, in a sense, ascended from something mundane to something glorious. When we talk about the ascension of the Lord, if we talk about it at all, it's an afterthought. We think of the ascension 40 days after Easter. We think of it as, okay, he, if, we, if we, again, if we even talk about it at all, Jesus ascends so that he can send the Holy Spirit, end of story, end of conversation. But the church in this celebration asks us, challenges us to really look at the ascension of the Lord to say, what does this mean for us? How does this change our life? The mysteries of the Lord are the mysteries of our life. It's not just Jesus was born, died, rose from the dead, went to, and sent the Holy Spirit. The ascension, there's something truly meaningful. It's one of the great holy days of our year. And we are reminded in this day And in this celebration, that our humanity is fully united to the divinity in the person of Jesus Christ. St. Augustine tells us in a sermon on the Ascension, While in heaven, Jesus is also with us, and we while on earth are with him. He is here with us by his divinity, his power, and his love. We cannot be in heaven as he is on earth by divinity, but in him we we can be there by love. He did not leave heaven when he came down to us, nor did he withdraw from us when he went again into heaven. He continues in that sermon later that the Son of God became a son of man so that the sons and daughters of man might become the sons and daughters of God. Through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, through the power of our baptism, we are mystically united to Jesus Christ who is in heaven. And this, brothers and sisters, should change everything for us. When we have this and when we recognize the fullness of the faith of God, of Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, 
and that he still is both of those things perfectly and that he is united perfectly to God in heaven and that insofar as we share in his humanity, we are called also in a way to share in the gift that he offers to us and the unity with, the, with his divinity in heaven. The world is not what we think it is as a result. So often we can just reduce everything around us to the things that we can calculate, the things that we can see, the things that we can touch. But ours is a sacramental reality. That Jesus, in the same way that we spiritually participate in his divinity through that mystical incorporation into his body of which he is the head, participates or or comes down, descends to us so that he can bring us up again and again and again. Every time we come to Mass, we hear, lift up your hearts. This is the life of the disciple of Jesus. To lift up our hearts and our minds and our eyes to the Lord, to the heavenly reality for which we are created. To see this world in its physical reality, which it is, but also in its spiritual reality. We are made, we are spiritual beings. And what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us as we look to serve in the vineyard, as we look to cultivate and build up others' disciples, as we simply look to live out our faith? It means we have to be open to the mystery, to the sacramental reality, that because of our united, being united to the divinity of Christ, every moment is perfectly pregnant with all that God has to offer to us. The sacramental reality is not just bound to the seven sacraments, although we experience a particular grace through the sacraments. It is the reality in which we live. So often it's easy to reduce our lives, our ministries, to what we can tangibly account for. How many kids came on this retreat or were at the group or have gone on? And we we want to calculate those things. And that in and of itself isn't a bad thing. But the reality is, is that if we desire for the world to be a better place, the challenge of our times is to help the people the Lord sends us to see the world with the Lord's eyes. To see themselves as the Lord sees them. To see the opportunity in front of them. To incorporate the mystery and the vision that God has for all of us into everything we do. To open our hearts and our minds to new ways of thinking. To being united to God in His ways and in His means. And opening our hearts again and again and again. We uh, oftentimes, you know, especially in campus ministry, we tend not to lead with the moral things. Because it's easy to reduce. If I'm a good Christian, if I'm a good Catholic, I'm doing these things and I'm not doing those things. And there's a truth to that. But more than that, it's because we see those things in a different way. That's why we do them, and that's why we don't do certain things. Because we see the world as God sees it. Because God has united himself to us and has pulled us up. He has descended so he can ascend our hearts and our minds again and again and again. Saint, uh, or well not Saint Paul, I'll get to that in a moment. But Jesus, in the first reading, he tells them, I will send you and give you the power. You will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And in the gospel, Jesus gives us that clear mission of what does it mean to receive the Holy Spirit, but to then go out into the whole world and preach the good news to every creature. We have received this incredible gift, this incredible power, but do we actually know that? Does it permeate every aspect of our life? 
every relationship. Friends, a dirty diaper can become something that makes a grandmother love her grandchild all the more. The death of God, Jesus offering his life on the cross, makes the worst the world has to throw at us an opportunity for grace, for conversion, for ascension. There is nothing in this world that cannot be converted and turned into something beautiful. So regardless of your past, regardless of your struggles, regardless of the difficulties that are ahead, you have received the power of the Holy Spirit and have been called into this ministry, into this mission of leading others to Jesus. And St. Paul tells us, I urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, one body and one Spirit. We are called to be united into the mystical head, into Christ himself. We have been given gifts, and St. Paul goes on further, this is important. We all don't have the same gifts, and that's a beautiful thing. We're all called to serve the Lord and to serve the church in different ways, to live in this beautiful sacramental reality in ways that are impossible for others because we're gifted in different ways, but we're called to serve and to share those gifts with each other. And we've been given the power to do so. Say yes. Say yes to that new way of thinking, that new way of acting, and of encountering the person in front of you, whether that person be the person you want to talk to or the dirty diaper. Let the Lord speak into your heart and use those through His grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to be an opportunity to breathe the gift of life, the gift of the Spirit, into everything and anyone you encounter. It's not about numbers. It's not about programs. It's about Jesus. And it's about living that reality each and every day and sharing it with whomever the Lord sends to us. Because again, a grandmother looks on her grandchild and thinks, dirty diaper, let's go play. God looks at us with even more love, even more intimacy, and he knows that we are worse than dirty diapers. And he loves us nonetheless. And it's our job to know that love and to take it to others.